We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, let's get to some more here. Uh, here. Here's a college football one. Okay, Siggy13, do you think, excuse me, do you think it's more realistic that the Big 12 takes Arizona and Colorado soon or those two play Arizona State and Utah or those two plus Arizona and Utah? We kind of had one like this earlier. Four seems like a lot, but the Big 12 looks like they want to make big moves. Where'd the UConn talk go, by the way? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, there was some stuff about the Big 12 wanting UConn, mainly for basketball. Why? Okay. For basketball. I mean, you, okay. UConn, you get UConn. I mean, look, UConn women's basketball is one of the few, the very few money-making basketball Agreed. teams, men or women. Uh, I think them, Tennessee, and there's only like two or three or – it might be more now, but as of four or five years ago, I think UConn and Tennessee were like two of the few women's basketball teams that actually made money. And and so I mean LSU may be doing it now. South Carolina now that Don Staley's there, they sure. might be. I don't I don't know, but I'm just saying like for a while for a long time, UConn and Tennessee were it. Sure, because there's a lot of men's basketball teams that don't actually generate revenue. They, meaning they spend more than they make. Right, basically, that's what that means by generating. I mean, every team that you have to pay a ticket price for a game is generating revenue. It's what that but, means is but are, are you generating revenue black. beyond right. what are you you're in the spending. Black. Correct. Yes. And and that's what I that, so I shouldn't say generating revenue. I should say making the school money, right? Mm-hmm. And so, might be a better way of saying it. So it'd be more for the basketball programs would be more the reason to do that. I don't think that would make a lot of sense in a lot of ways. It would make sense from a sports standpoint for basketball, but it would make no sense because you'd get UConn and Kansas in the same conference. I mean, that's two blue blood. I mean, UConn is a blue blood in basketball. Oh, UConn no is absolutely blue blood, no doubt. And, and basketball. I mean, so you've had what three different coaches win a national championship. You've got like five or six national titles. So yeah, they're, they've they've become a blue blood, and they've been Absolutely. good. They've been. I mean, even before they were winning titles, going back to when I was a kid, they they were a tournament team making deep runs and absolutely and then eventually kicked the door down with titles and then won one turns to two turns to three turns to four turns to five and all. Yep, yeah, you're a blue blood now. But look, going to fourteen makes no sense to me just bringing in arizona i mean just bringing in arizona colorado would would make no sense from the standpoint of well what what you're still you're now splitting the arizona market basically 
Right. Because there's going to be some people in Arizona and it's not a big enough state yet to where you can afford to split that market to me. And, you know, bringing in Colorado, no matter what, makes a ton of sense. I've said this before. That's one that should happen. Bringing in Utah, to me, makes a ton of sense and should happen. And what we're having is, let's say the Pac-12 just event, it, it's, it goes away, basically. The Pac-12, because Oregon and Washington, they leave maybe to go to the Big Ten, and the Pac-12 ceases to exist. So what do you do with those teams? Who right. would you want out of that league? To me, those are the only four teams that would bring any value in the Pac-12 of that they'd have a shot at. Because, again, we're working with the assumption that Oregon and Washington are going to the Big Ten. Now, I think if Oregon and Washington were smart, they would – depending on what happens with this new Pac-12 TV deal, I think they should maybe try to make more of a push for the Big 12 instead of trying to be 19 and 20 in the Big 12 or in the Big 10, you know, be the leader in the Big 12. They would dominate the Big 12, but they're not looking at it from a sports standpoint. They're looking at it from a revenue standpoint. And the Big 10 money is a lot better than Big 12 money. But if you're the Big 12, you need both of the Arizona teams. You need both Colorado and Utah. I mean, to me, Colorado and Utah are a package deal to me. If I'm a big 12 conference commissioner and Arizona, Arizona state are a package deal to me. I don't care about Cal. I don't care about Stanford. Sorry, Washington state, you, you know, Oregon state, you guys (laughs) don't really matter to me, Right. but I would take them if I could get the others. Like I would take Washington state and Oregon state. If it meant I could get Washington and Oregon, like if I'm the big 12 and you could like literally almost merge every remotely valuable program from the so basically you take everybody left in the pack 12 the exception of camp stanford and cal right because there's what 10 teams left in the pack 12 yeah and if you're going to go to to 20 like everybody you know so so what's the big 10 at right now vince they're 14 correct i think so and then the and, the and then they're going to go to 16 with 16. those two teams correct yeah. and then they want more and then Apparently. so then if they bring in oregon and washington then, you know, they grow. They, so if the Pac-12 kind of, I mean, the Big 12 smart, like, hey, how about you preemptively beat them to the punch and you go get Oregon and Washington, which would mean, hey, we'll bring the other two with you, right? We'll mm-hmm. bring your rivals with you. And now all of a sudden they jump up to 20 like that. Like, I think that's about the only way that the long term, the, the Big 12 is going to have a shot to su- survive because you're taking two conferences that have struggled financially and putting them into one. Right. And now you've increased. You've now got the Seattle market. You've got the Oregon market. You've got the Arizona market. You've got the Mountain West market with Utah and Colorado. And, and you've got an ascending market in, in Arizona that's going to keep growing and growing and growing. And so that's what I would look into doing, Vince. But at the very minimum, it's these four right here. So right. in this scenario, we're just assuming that the Pac-12 is or Pac-10 or whatever the hell they are now is just not going to make it. I wouldn't even say it like that, Vince, because they're the one conference that's always been smart enough to name their conference after the actual number of teams they have. They used right? to be the Pac-8, remember? Yeah, I do. Yes. So, yeah. I mean, every scenario I've heard so far is everybody's poaching from them, from the Pac, Correct. to the Big 12, the Big 10, whatever the case may be. And uh, yeah. and I don't know if that's – is that just because USC and UCLA are bailing and they think that's well, the crack in the armor? The, the conference was already dying because sure. of the poor leadership. Right. If we're being honest – there's just, I mean, they're big TV markets, but they're not the the amount of support they get based on the size of the TV markets. Not the same. Uh, it's just, a, let's be honest, the West Coast is just a different animal than the oh, Southeast yeah. and the Midwest yeah. when it comes to sports. I'm no not even doubt. talking politics and culture. I'm talking just the, is. yeah, how they view is. college sports. Yep. 
They show up They're late, much they more, leave early. Yep. Midwest and Southeastern people, they love their college teams just as much sure. as they love their pro teams and sometimes more. And the West more. Coast, it's pro teams. And then ah, maybe if I'm chilling on a Saturday and I got if nothing USC else to do, is I'm, good, I'm like, you know, right. or that kind of a thing. Right. Yeah. Right. And so um, I don't like it, but that's just the reality of it. And I think no. those 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 would make some sense uh, to to do that. Man, but it's basically like take any to go to the Big yeah. Ten from some of those West Coast this schools. Dumb. It's just ridiculous. But it would make a lot more sense in the Big Twelve, in my opinion, because you basically take Absolutely. the Western side of the country and you turn it into. Because like yeah. here's the thing to me: the Southeast can exist by itself. They don't need Texas and Oklahoma, but they're going to take them anyway because they're they're greedy. But they don't need it. They could just stick in the Southeast and they'd be no fine. Doubt. The Big Ten, the Midwest, like it, they can just all stay together and they'd be fine. The 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 fact is, is without Texas and Oklahoma, I don't think the Southwest can survive by itself, and the 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 West Coast programs can't survive by themselves. So merge, join forces, and now you have enough. It makes that would be sense. the thing that I yeah, would do. I agree. But and then you can tell Cal and and, uh, and Stanford to you can join the Big Ten if you want, because that's probably what would end up happening. Is the Big Ten would then just poach those two teams just to. You know, hey, if you want to stay Division One, you can join our league, but you're not going to make as much money, or you know, something like that. Right. Or you can just fine. You don't want to do that, and then go play in the Mountain West. Yeah, I mean, if you're Stanford or Cal, it makes more sense for you to do that. Uh, hey, we'll take twenty million dollars less per year than those other teams are getting. You're still going to make more than you're making in the Pac-12, and you're freaking going to make a lot more than you're going to make in the Mountain West. I mean, that way the Big Ten can get to you know twenty or whatever. Do you I think mean, they I, would I could, do that? They would have two teams out of the Big Ten that just yeah, don't make as I, much money as everybody else. I mean, I would if if you're smart, I would, because in this scenario, all the other teams have left. You've taken Washington and Oregon, uh, or the Big Twelve has taken Washington and Oregon. Like in this scenario, Washington and Oregon leave, and then the Big Twelve takes the Arizona schools, Colorado and Utah, and it's basically Oregon State, Washington State, Cal, and Stanford's all that's left. So you can either go to the pack to the Mountain West and make nothing. Or you can come to our league and accept $15, 20000000 million less than those other teams. Because there gets to a point of, of diminishing I'm, returns when you get right. too big as a conference. Sure, I get that. You know? I just, I have a hard you hold time all the seeing, leverage. I have a hard time seeing the Big Ten having like a tiered system of what you get paid to be part of their conference. Uh, I understand that, but I don't even know if it'd be the Big Ten suggesting that. I'm saying those teams should pursue the Big Ten, and then I think the Big Ten would oh, counter saying, well, you don't bring as much value. Well, gotcha. We still want to really be in the league. Okay, well, then we'll bring you in, but we're going to that brings into question a lot. I see where you're coming from, but like that brings into question like Rutgers. You know what I mean? Or like right. T- that, yes, they bring in the New York market. I get that. And that's probably part of it. But they're already in. That's right. the difference. They're already true. In. They've been true. made promises to come join. Right, right. That's the difference. Yeah. Where these are outsiders that want in. They want to be in your party. Okay, well, you don't bring value to my party. Well, okay, well, how about this? I'm willing to to do this. I'm willing to do that. Oh, okay, in that case. Because I do think there's some, there's some merit to having those extra teams from a, hey, we can save money by having six California teams in our league because now those teams can kind of play each other and they don't always have to fly across the sure. country for every that, other game. Yeah, that's a value. Them. That's a value. You know, add. and that's more so for the non-football sports more so than anything else. A hundred percent. Yes. And football, and so you're only I mean, doing it once a week. I mean, you know, and, and yeah, six right. times total. The cross country team is going to have maybe. to move around well, a lot more. Maybe. Golf every team. other, it's less than that. I mean, because every, right. every other year you're, you're playing UCLA or USC. Sure. One Both, of those like, teams is playing a road game every right. year in their backyard. 
but like volleyball and like all of these other right. sports that play way more games and right. are going to have to go to play every single one. That's right. just nuts. Yeah, that's tough. Nuts. That's a lot tougher. Man. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I don't even it's like going to Warsaw for games, let alone like across the country. It's a little different animal. I know. Somebody else is paying for it. You wouldn't have a problem with it. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Garland Doxy, since Carter Nelson made it to campus today, do you think the 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 UGA picks are bluff? And does Notre Dame have a real shot at getting him to commit? I don't know how they'd be bluffs. I mean, I think he likes Georgia. I, I, I don't I don't know what picks you're talking about. I assume you're talking about crystal balls or whatever. I you know, I don't care about that stuff. Mm. I think he likes Georgia. I mean, if you're a tight end, why would you not like Georgia? Sure. Back-to-back champs or tight ends, a lot of production. He's similar in style to their current tight end. I mean, it would make sense. I don't know why he'd want to be in the same class with Jaden Riddell. I, that wouldn't make sense. Do I think – does Notre Dame have a real shot? I think they have a real shot to get him. I don't think there's leader. They're, but as we've said, they're going to have to do a phenomenal job in this visit. Yeah. Will they do that or not? I don't know. We'll see. But uh, they certainly have the – they have the they have a shot. He likes him a lot. He's visited before. He's you know has a good relationship with Jared Parker. We just gotta see if they can close on him. It's gonna yeah. be tough. It's gonna be tough. All right, let's get to another one, Vince. Here, here's here's a got a couple super chats down here. I want to get to nice ICRN with Irish Luck. Thank you for the super chat. Which comp do you like better for young Jonathan Stewart or Zeke coming out of high school? I don't remember Jonathan Stewart coming out of high school. I remember him being a little bit more of a physical back than Kedron Young, uh, stylistically. I think Zeke Elliott or Zeke Zeke Elliott. Yeah, it's Ezekiel Elliott. I'm sorry, I, that is correct. Uh, is a good comp. I, the, the one I like is Javante Williams. I love that comp for Kedron Williams. That's like one of my favorite comps. Zeke Elliott of these two would be the one that would make a lot more sense to me. That would that would. Um, that would make a ton of sense to me. All right, here's another one. 
uh, another super chat from ICURN with Irish Luck. Which he added you- another one. Oh, okay. So which comp do you like better for Kedron Young, Zeke, Jonathan Stewart, or Nick Chubb? I, I still like the Zeke Elliott one probably more because I think I think and the reason why I think Kedron has a lot more shakiness than some people think. Okay. I think he's got some elusiveness and some shakiness like uh, as a as a one cut kind of guy. Yeah. 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 Uh, that'd be the that'd be the comp that would make the most sense for me. It, it really would. Okay, I don't let's let's just give this one a shot. <laughs> From Trip Bergen, what would be the situation? What would be the situation be that Notre Dame has a president that is not a priest? I just don't um, think that's a. That I don't think that's an option. Sell the university to the state, like that's well, they're run they're, by the priests. Like yeah, that's who's in charge of the university? That's they would have to basically just sell completely out and become a full just business and every i mean they are a business now of course but there's at least some level of they're run by the priests uh the priests the ones making the business decisions right they'd have to just completely say hey look we're just going to be a business now we're just going to go take a complete business model and yeah yeah, i just their 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 complete model of existence would have to change and that's just not going to happen i have some very strong opinions about this that i'm never going to share on the show but if y'all ask me at a tailgate, I may answer. But I'm not going to share him on the show. Depends on how many Mountain Dews he's been drinking. No. <laughs> I'm I'm joking. Well, some people are going to think that you're talking about, you know. No, uh, I'm talking about I'm, legitimate yeah. Mountain Dew. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's see here. Uh, all right. Tatted up Irishman. Does Notre Dame need to recruit more big backs like Estimate? If he goes down or goes pro, who can play his style? So I don't, I don't think you need to necessarily replicate a style. You just need to be able to replicate replicate the the production. schemes, the yeah. schemes and the pro- byproduct of the scheme right. is the production. Right. Yes, you're 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 correct. Also, Vince, it's both of those things. If he, if you're running inside outside zone counter um, duo and stuff like that, you don't need him to. You don't need a cookie cutter of him. You don't have to. You need to say, hey, look, you, you put Devin Ford in the game, or you put Jadarian Price in the game put Jabron Payne in the game. None of those guys are Audric Estime, but you don't have to change your scheme. You may change your emphasis. Hey, with this guy, we're going to be more inside outside zone as opposed to duo, but you don't have to make a complete, complete change. So I don't think you need to necessarily have that. Now you can't go from him to 175 pound scat back that, you know what I mean? That you have to run completely different plays for. I don't think I want a big back every year. I probably want a bigger back every couple. Sure. I think that's what Notre Dame's doing. You know, I mean, you get estimated 21, you get Kedron Young at 22, and then between there you have Jared, Jared Price, who's a pretty jacked-up kid, too, that runs a very similar style, although he has a – Audric Estimate and Jadarian Price can run the same exact plays. Mm-hmm. They just bring a little bit of a different strengths and weaknesses, but the offense doesn't – it's like you're with Diggs. It's like having Logan Diggs there as the number two, but uh, but a much more explosive version, assuming he's healthy. Right. That would um, That would kind of be where I'm at with that one. Yeah, I. Yeah, do, do do they need to have big backs on the roster? Yeah, do do I would I like to see maybe two Audricks on the roster? Maybe if one's a freshman who's going to take right. over next year as a sophomore, sure. Right, right. But I don't think you need to just constantly rep because part of what makes Audric good is there aren't a lot of guys at his size that can do what he does. That's part of it too. That's special. And then you and, start trying to force the issue a little bit. Right. 
And Notre Dame hasn't had a guy like that since what Jerome right. Bettis, like a big yeah, but like like who would have been that guy last year? I don't know that that guy existed. Now in this particular sure. class, there were a couple guys that fit that mold: Keedron sure. Young and then the Xavier Robinson kid, Keedron right. being the better player. But you don't have those kind of guys every year. So I don't, I don't, I'm not, you guys know me. I'm not a cookie cutter person. I want a little bit of diversity skill set. You can't have Absolutely. polar opposites to where you have to change your offense when one kid goes in the game, right? Like I'm not going to have Jimmy Clausen as my starting quarterback and Keenan, Keenan Reynolds as my backup, right? Like, okay, now that you're just, just being sense, right? That yeah. doesn't work. But right. could I have, could I have, uh, you know, um, Jimmy Clausen as my starter and Everett Golson, Malik Zaire's my backup. Yeah. Yeah, I could. I'm just going to add some run game wrinkles to it and and adjust my pass game and focus more on these, but yeah, I can fit. I can make that work. You know. Uh that's about as extreme as you're going to get, you know. But and and quarterback's the anomaly. In other positions it's completely different. Uh, right. You can even do more so with it. But I think I use it as an extreme because, you know, I've said before, it's why you should take into account where a kid's going to school Vince, when you yeah. do rankings. Cause if, you know, if, if you have Jimmy Clausen as the number one quarterback in the country and he commits to play for Navy, you're like, ah, uh, that's not gonna work. I don't think it's going to work. He's not, not going to be well. the number one quarterback. Right. Right. Irish blooded. When you do a rank, Brian, do you do it based on where you expect them to be at the start of the season or how you expect them to be at the end of the season based on variables? So when we do our top 25, it will be on where we think teams should be going into week one. We will then make uh, predictions and, and some of these predictions on. So what we'll do is we'll do a couple things. Number one is when we do our show, we'll do a top 25 and we'll kind of break down and it's going to be a preseason top 25, meaning this is what we think the ranking should be going into week one. Right. Then what Vince and I'll do is, well, I'll do this on the message board and then we'll have kind of, when we do conference previews, the conference previews are going to be more predictions of the end of the season. So they'll be separate from the top 25 because I, and then we'll do like, you know, conference champs, we'll do our playoff picks. We'll do all that kind of stuff, but those are predictions. So it's a little bit of both, but when I'm doing a top 25 ranking, I believe it should be a reflection. It should be a screenshot, a snapshot of what is right now. This is my biggest problem with the SP plus at ESPN. They say it's predictive. But the predictive, I mean, you're you have teams that lost to three teams ahead of them, still like it's three teams behind them. They lost to all of them, but for some reason, your model says this is predictive of this, that, and the third, and I don't understand it. And it's like I don't want a predictive model. A ranking, a top twenty-five, should be a snapshot of what is today, correct? And then it constantly changes with new data. That's different than a prediction of an entire season. And that's um, that's kind of where I would go with that one. That's my stance on that one. Yeah, I don't I know agree. what your thoughts are. On I, that one. It's funny because I thought he was talking about like ranking a player, like you know, from a, a recruiting ranking. But I agree with you wholeheartedly on ranking a team. You know, absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah. Yep. That's my that's my two cents on that one. All right, here we go. Here's an interesting one from Archer. Vince. Oh, I like when Archer asks questions. What are your favorite non-sports hobbies? Well, wow. unfortunately for me, I don't do enough of any of my favorite non-sports hobbies. Uh, and one of them you might even call a sport. I don't. Uh, number one, I like to uh, read. And I okay. don't do nearly enough of that. I, I like reading books and different types of books. 
I, there's fiction stuff. I like reading historical books. I like reading theology books. I just, I like reading and it's a different type of stimulus. And I've actually talking to my wife about this. Like I'm trying to make more time to do things like that. I just don't have the time. Like I, I can't say last time I've been to bed before four o'clock in the morning, the last two weeks with Ryan, not here. It's just, it's absurd. And, uh, he's coming back Monday though. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> so, but, um, Reading is one, and then shooting is the other. I love going to the range, and I just haven't been able to get out much this summer, unfortunately, and I don't have anybody. I like to go shooting with people, and unfortunately, everybody that I normally go shooting with uh, is also very busy, including my wife. But I told her, I said, okay, we're, we're going this weekend. We're going to go to the range this weekend. But I very much enjoy shooting. I'm actually going to go buy a new rifle, Vince. I'm going to go mm-hmm. buy the new SIG M400, the Tread. I've been wanting that rifle for a while, but it's, it's now getting down enough to where – it's now in my price range. <laughs> it wasn't for a couple of years. So I am going to go buy a new rifle and start uh, taking that to the range a little bit more too. But uh, those are probably my two. Some people would call that a sport. I don't think that's a sport for the, what I'm doing. I, I it just, it's not a sport for me. I'm not like running through obstacles or doing competitions right. and stuff. I'm, you know, it's not what I do, but uh, those are probably my two favorite non-sports. Like I like the bowl, but that's a sport. I don't, I, I don't, you know, those are probably my two favorite. And I, Oh, here's a third. I love cooking. I really do enjoy. Yeah, cooking. you do that Vince, a lot. Yeah, yeah. You, it's very relaxed. It's a bread baker for a while there. Well, I still do. I still bake yeah. bread. I love That's making bacon, fresh homemade so bread. And yeah, and you're making bread without all the other stuff they put in it, you know, to make it last. And there, I, we just got a new one of those uh, KitchenAid mixers. So I'm going to start trying to make some other type of breads that require a, a more intensive kneading. That I just because like when I make uh, loaves of bread, Vince, when you see me, I, I do the the no the no kneading one. So you just like let it sit for you know eighteen twelve to eighteen hours, and then you just you, know, you only have to knead it for a couple minutes. And uh, but like I made an unleavened bread for uh, Easter because hmm. I wanted to. Ange and I we couldn't go to church that day. I was uh, I forget which one of us was sick, but I did want to do communion at the house. So we had grape juice and I made unleavened bread. And uh, you got to need that a little bit. So I don't mind it. I just don't enjoy it. But uh, I'm going to try a, a new pizza dough and I'm going to try making bagels. And mm-hmm. it's a lot easier to do with a, the KitchenAid mixer. I'm going to mm-hmm. try those. But I, it's very relaxing for me. It, it gets me not thinking about my job, which is just nonstop. And I just like hobbies for me are things that allow me to take my mind off of everything else going on in the world or everything else going on in my life or my job or whatever. Because uh, as you know, Vince, it's hard to step away from the job because it's when it's in it's your just, house. It just yeah, and <laughs> I mean, seriously. it's like because it's also something I'm a fan of, and sure. so it's like you know, and I feel like if I'm not on Twitter every five minutes, I'm going to miss something. Like you know, I start to drive to Ohio to go see my family, and freaking Devin Ford commits, and there's nobody that can write the story, you know, other than me. So I got to pull over on the side of the road and write the freaking story. Like I'm, that stuff kind of gets like okay. We, we got to change things, you know what I mean? Because this is just getting ridiculous. Like, I can't even take a weekend off to go spend with my family. That gets tiresome after a while. It, it does. And I know people don't want to hear that, but it, it does. And so if I can find things that allow me to not have to think about that for an hour, uh, hmm. I, I enjoy doing that. And so that's one thing I like about cooking and is, you know, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm thinking about the recipe. I'm mixing it. I'm trying new stuff. And especially when I'm trying things I've never made before, you got to really focus in on that and not be thinking about other stuff. And so I really enjoy to cook enjoy cooking and part of it is because my mom taught me how to cook at a very young age she thought it was very important that i know how to cook and do laundry and all that kind of stuff at a very young age and so i mean like when i was 10 years old i remember making eggs my mom would have taught me how to flip eggs you know fried eggs on the on the griddle 
And so I just, I enjoyed it. And um, I like the smells. Like I've really gotten good at making caramelized onions for Angela. And I come to find out, I don't like onions, Vince, <laughs> except in tuna fish, like, but they're really chopped up and fine. But like when I put onions in my pasta sauce, I got to, I, I mean, I shred those things where they're like not even recognizable. Cause I just don't like eating onions. I don't want to, I don't really want to feel it or taste it other than in tuna fish. So I was making her caramelized onions for these, this new burger technique that I have smash burgers. I mean, it's not like I invented it, but I saw recipes for smash burgers. I'm, like, I'm going to try that. I'll never make a burger any other way now. Like it is phenomenal. And uh, she likes caramelized onions. And so I'm like, all right, cool. I'll, I'll make caramelized onions. And so I looked at, cause I thought I knew how to make them, but all I was making was sauteed onions and they are definitely different. Mm-hmm. So I made those and I was like, man, these smell phenomenal because caramelized onions are a completely different thing than sauteed or grilled onions. I mean, it, I was like, oh my God, I love these. And so now I'm putting sauteed or, or caramelized onions on my burgers, but it was just, I, I enjoy the process of, of how to take this thing and turn it into that thing. And it's very relaxing for me. And I enjoy the do, to do that very, very much. And, um, and when I can make an Italian dish that my Italian wife really likes, like that's a win for me. Like I get like satisfaction, like, okay. Like when you, when I make something for my wife and she really likes it, it's like, I just won a game. Like, all right, cool. We got the W, <laughs> you know? And uh, so, of course, there's also a little bit of competitiveness to it as well. You know, if I'm being honest, same with shooting. It takes my mind off things, but, you know, how how effective I am and how accurate I am and all that kind of determines ultimately how I gauge that shooting session, <laughs> if I'm being honest, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, those are mine. What are yours, Vince? I have no hobbies. I have none. Have, what would you like? What are things you enjoy that you don't get time to do that you'd like to do? A lot of stuff is surrounded by sports, obviously. Watching sports, mm-hmm. going to sports, participating in, coaching. I like going to the movies. I really enjoy going to the movies when I have an opportunity to do so, which I never have an opportunity to do so. Right now, in this chapter of my life, I hate to well, I don't hate to say it. One of the things that I enjoy the most is watching my kid do stuff mm-hmm. uh you know it's kind of a hobby though right it has to be because that's pretty much my whole life it's work and then that so like i and i'm really 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 looking forward to he's he, he's going to the regional championship for 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 his soccer team they won state they're going to regionals now going to cincinnati we're setting up college visits so we're going to go see miami of ohio we're going to go see xavier we're going to go see the university of cincinnati like i'm really looking forward to this chapter of like going to schools checking out campuses watching him do his thing like i know that sounds so dad ish but like this is such a small window of life with this particular kid you know what i mean mm-hmm. i'll be able to and do that with first. all the other kids and he's my first yeah so like yeah right. diving into this whole thing kind of head first um i'm really looking forward to and i really do enjoy it i, I enjoy watching him like today I picked him up from practice and he was super excited because, you know, the coach said some good stuff to him. You know what I mean? Like that mm-hmm. gets me excited. I, yeah. So I'm kind of living through him a little bit with his excitement and his joy. Cause he's going to be a junior in high school, going to be starting for three sports, varsity sports. And he's, he's pumped up about it and uh, kind of trying to live it in the moment because I know I'm going to miss this at some point. Uh, so I'm trying to really just soak it all up uh, and enjoy it. That's my biggest hobby right now. I can't even mm-hmm. like I used to whittle when I was a kid. I used to What's enjoy that. that. Mean? 
Is that like with like, wood and stuff? Yeah, like taking wood and like mm-hmm. turning it Making into something. something. Yeah. Um, See, I've never been good at that stuff. I sucked at it, but I really yeah. enjoyed it. Like, but uh, I really get a lot of, you know, you talk about making something. I get a lot of enjoyment after I'm done cutting the grass and what it looks like. I know that sounds mm-hmm. ridiculous and I would never call that a hobby, uh, but that's kind of, like I said, my hobby is being a dad right now. I work and I I'm a dad, like that's where I'm at. And it's cool. Someday I'm going to have to fill my life with more hobbies and I'm going to have to try to figure that out and what that is. What See, my actual, Now this is good. So know. once, so when do you think will be when all the kids are gone or just when you think at least half of them are gone? I think when, like once the girls leave, will you think you have more time for hobbies or will it oh, have to yeah, be until after sure. Chloe and it, Lee? Okay. It actually may be, it may be once Dylan's gone. Cause your other girls, you. yeah, your girls, they're, they're not as active stuff. in yeah. stuff like Dylan. Is, they're active. So. Like they're always at friends are always like running sure. by my house and messing, yeah. you know, right. and stuff like that. Uh, but, but yeah, it's I not like events that I have to go to yeah, and I get be a that. part of and all that. So. Yeah, I, I do. I get that. So I so my goal then is I need to now convince you to like my hobby so I have someone to do it with. I know, right? Seriously. So, um, well, there was a movie you and I were supposed to go see, and we never yeah, ended up going it was to never, see it. It was never around here. They never yeah. brought it oh, here. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I didn't even realize that. It sucks. Gotcha. Maybe if you come, I was going to rent it on YouTube TV this weekend, so maybe you can come okay. over after the, the wives go to bed. Because I can't right. watch it with Ange because she doesn't like like scary movies, and it's, right. it's kind of a scary movie. Yeah, oh, it is. So yeah, I I'm gonna have to convince you to start going to the range with me. <laughs> so once uh, I have actual time to yeah. devote, and I'll and I'll now have a lot more you know firearms for you to choose from, you know different options and things <laughs> it's like, like that. Like an arsenal, so, <laughs> like an arsenal. <laughs> it is an arsenal. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, uh, yeah, we we'll have to we we'll have to do that. Um, you have to do that. That'll be fun. Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. But yeah, as people ask me like you know what I do I encourage people to buy SIGs? I love SIGs. I think guns though, to me are, are if you, number one, just so people understand my stance. They're not like toys. They're not like, I enjoy them very much, but I went through a lot, Vince, as you know, to learn about them, to study them, to right. make sure that you understand safety and all those kind of things. But I really feel like as far as if you're going to buy a gun, I, my dad asked me this, like him and my mom want to go buy firearms. And so I basically, he said, you know, what should I get? I said, well, I, that's going to depend on you. I said, I'm going to give you a list of, 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 of carry pistols that I'll fit you that are right. reliable, accurate. And you can, you know, if things break down, there's, it's easy to replace or whatever. And the thing I said to him was, um, you know, look, here's the five or six to try out. But a lot of times pistols are what may feel great in my hand. Mm-hmm. Won't feel great in yours. Like, so I know people that just swear by, I will never have anything but a Glock. And I'm like, cool, I'm going to try a Glock. And it just felt terrible in my hand. It, I just couldn't hmm. shoot it. It felt awkward. It just because it's a different, you know, the grip's on a different angle. Sure. A uh, buddy of mine, uh, Matt D in the chat was like, he carries a, 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 a Smith and Wesson. I was like, oh, I'm going to try that, you know, because he's a cop. He understands the need to have reliable and sure. accurate and all that. And it just felt bulky. In my, I just, but then when I grabbed the signal, I was like, this feels phenomenal. But yeah. I know other people, they're going to grab different type of pistols. Say, oh, this, you know, Heckler cock feels phenomenal in my hand. This, uh, Sig feels great. This, you know, CV feels, I mean, you just got to find what fits you. Just make sure. sure that you're getting a gun that's reliable and accurate. But more important, I say this to anybody, if you ever want to get into shooting or firearms, do not bring a firearm into your home until you have done a lot of research on proper usage 
handling like for you know this Vince for the first month of owning it I did not keep it in my house loaded because I'm just like it, I need to get used to it to where it's like you know whenever I grab it I would grab it and just okay did I grab it with proper tr- trigger discipline because you're forced to have it when you grab a pistol is to put your finger on the trigger that's sure, terrible terrible finger discipline trigger discipline you know um and so there's just a lot of things it's something you definitely need to t- put a lot of s- emphasis and I know some people don't like us to talk about it don't care I enjoy it I have a passion for it some people do but if you're going to get into it and you're not, I'm telling you, it's not something you just do for fun. It is for fun, but you better learn the the ways to take care of it because mistakes with those are different than, you know, you're out playing softball and you hit in the face with a baseball. It hurts like a mug, but you're going to be okay. So I just want to make sure I say that. But But more specifically, what may be great for me may not be great for you. But I will right. say this, if you're looking mm-hmm. into firearms, you're definitely going to look into six. Because they are just the, ever since the especially since the military now went to SIGs, all the parts and things like that, like any accessory that's now created is going to have to be created to fit on a SIG, because it's the mil, because of, of how the, it's a military thing. So I would say to definitely give that a shot for sure, absolutely. So um, yeah, there you go. That's my little two cents on that one. But yes, it is definitely probably right now my number one non-sports hobby. For sure. That and cooking. Those are definitely my two. Those are two weird. Those are two weird. You said it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Here is one right here, Vince. Would you go over or under 39.5 points per game for the Notre Dame offense? Would you go over or under 20.5 points allowed for the Notre Dame defense? I am going to go under on the defense fence because they were I think, under on the defense last year weren't they well no they were not they were at like 23 they were. were they really? but you well it's partly because they gave up like four or five offensive touchdowns last year okay so because if you look at the Notre Dame defense last year they gave up uh 23 points per game okay but they gave up a pick six to Marshall right non offensive touchdown they gave up yeah. um a pick six to i'm trying to think they gave up uh two pick sixes to uh south carolina and i feel like there was another defensive touchdown somebody got at some point in time and i can't remember what it was i could be wrong on that but i felt like there was another defensive touchdown but even if you just look at those three right there i mean you're talking about so that's 299 minus 21 equals divided by 13 that right there drops them down to 21.4 Gotcha. And I feel like there was another. I feel like there was another touchdown that the defense got, Vince, and I just can't remember which game it was. But I could be completely wrong on that. Ohio State didn't get one. Oh, Marshall. No, I said Marshall. You said yeah, the Marshall, Marshall picked six. You said Marshall. I don't think Cal got one. North Carolina didn't get one. BYU didn't get one. Stanford didn't get one. I don't think UNLV got one. Did they? No, they didn't. Syracuse didn't. Clemson didn't. I don't think Navy did. BC didn't. USC didn't. And then so yeah. So I think it might just be those three. But that alone drops them. Yeah, that alone drops them down to twenty one point four. And so you factor in just the just the one fewer possession potential per game because of the the rule changes, and that right there could potentially get them under twenty point five as long as they don't have give up three or four non defensive touchdowns this year. Right. 
but I also think that that the fact that you're going to see shorter, shorter, lesser plays and fewer possessions this year because the rule changes are why I'm I'm going under on twenty point five, but why I'm probably also going to probably go under on the thirty nine point five because you know I just I just think that um, you're just going to see teams just not score as much in my opinion. It's it's interesting to me because it sounds super homerish to say over and under. I'm going to go over the points and I'm going to go under the points and that's where I want to be. But mm-hmm. in my head this whole time and it's just interesting where he set the number at, I'm thinking 40 points per game and technically that's over. Now we're splitting hairs at 39 and a half and 40, right? I mean, it's kind of right at that number, uh, but 40 was kind of the number that I always had in my head and and I Totally agree with your line of thinking on the 20.5 and being under that as well. So again, I, you know, does it sound like I've got the rose colored glasses on a little bit, but at the same time, those are the numbers that I had in my head all along. And since that's where the number was set, that's what I've got to go with. So I'm looking for example, Vince, I'm looking at 2003 and you had six teams that scored over 40 points a game and 12 teams that scored over 35 points per game. And then you look at this last season, and you had nineteen. Te- you had, uh, I'm sorry, you had uh, twenty-two teams that scored over over thirty-five points per game, and you had to get down to only number thirty-five to get under thirty. This year, to get to under thirty, you've got to go all the way down to fifty-five. So you're just seeing more scoring, sure, in college football because of the rule changes. And I'm just curious how – well, I shouldn't say curious. It's just unknown to me right now how much that's going to to change with the rule changes. And so 39.5 this year, maybe 41 last year. I, I just don't know right. what the difference is going to be. Yeah. and, and we, need, so, we need a year of empirical yeah. evidence to know what yeah. that's going to do to the scoring right. averages. Right. So, uh, you know, those are just – those are just the things that I that I don't know. So I'm, uh, part of me wants to go on the under on that, on both of those, slightly on the under. They should be at least close to that. To that. So I'm yeah. I'm going to go with slightly under just because I'm taking into account the rule changes. And and part of it too is, if I'm being realistic, there's still a lot we have to see about sure. those teams. You know, so um, that's that's another one. Here, here's a sort of a national question here, Vince. All right, open up the old Lindsay's here. From guinea pig clips, do you think there's a better college football? Uh, or wait, cornerback CB college. Oh, cornerback. Cornerback. Thank you. College okay. uh, cornerback no duo. The mailbags. Well, and I was thinking college basketball for some reason. Like that's what CB hit me. Uh, duo in the country than Morrison and Hart. Obviously, I would have figured it out once I read further. And if so, who is it? I don't know. Uh, I think Alabama's group is in the conversation. Uh, Kool Aid McKinstry is good. Look, here's here's the thing for me, Vince. I think Notre Dame has a chance to have the best cornerback duo in college football, but we need to see Cam Hart be healthy. Sure. Number one. And we've got to see Cam Hart be a little bit more consistent. That's going to be the big key for me. Cam Hart's going to be the one that ultimately determines it. I think some of the other cornerback duos are a little overrated. I think Notre Dame, I'm kind of looking through it now to just have my memory refreshed. I think a lot of the best secondaries in college football this year, Vince, like if you look at the Lindy's like Clemson, a lot of, but a lot of those teams are being driven by their safeties and not as much as their corners. Yeah. And, and for Notre Dame, it's the exact opposite. So I think Alabama 
if look, if Notre Dame's cornerback duo plays to their potential, Alabama's the only one that has a shot of being better, in my opinion. I don't think anybody else has a shot of being better. I don't think I don't think Ohio State's is better. I think Denzel Burke was not as good as Benjamin Morrison last year, and Cam Hart was, you know, better than the other kid. But if Cam Hart's not healthy or doesn't play better, you know, maybe the Davidson kid from Ole Miss steps into the starting lineup and he ends up being better than Cam Hart. It's possible. So it's going to require Notre Dame's players to actually play to their potential. But if they do, I just I think Alabama is the only team that has a shot at passing events. I, I really do. I don't okay. think anybody else does. Yeah, because they've I got really the defensive backs as a whole ranked sixth right. in Lindy's. Right. So yeah. Yep. yep. So th- th- those would be uh, those would be the ones for me. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, here's a two-part question, Vince. Oh, I like the two-part. This, part- this is going to be something that's going to be interesting because you do have a son that plays soccer. Okay. I'm very curious to hear your thoughts on this. Soccer is big with younger kids, but Americans don't maintain it as their favorite sport through adulthood. Only about 10% of Americans say that soccer is their favorite sport. If soccer becomes significantly more popular and more athletes choose to play college soccer instead of football, how much do you think that impacts the overall talent level in football? That is very interesting, actually. Well, look, soccer has been an emerging sport since I was a kid. I mean, you know what I mean? Like it's, that's the term soccer mom. That came back, that came around in the 80s, like 80s, early 90s, right? So, this would have to be a long – this is going to take a long time. This would take a long time to happen. Yes. Because, number one, a big reason why kids go for football and other things is because there's just more scholarship opportunities. There's Bingo. More, there's a professional sports opportunity for the elite of the elite. You know, it's like we see kids at Notre Dame that are very good lacrosse players that choose to play football. Why? Because mm-hmm. once your college lacrosse career is done – so I mean, there's, I mean, there's a professional, professional lacrosse, lacrosse thing, but, but it's not. I mean, it, it's like where NFL was way back in the day. You have to get another job. Right. I mean, it's not really your full-time year-round job. I don't think it pays like that. And the same with soccer. I mean, it, now Absolutely. that's – Now, the, the MLS is a thing, and but it's like, look, if you're a great running back and a great soccer player right now, there's a lot more opportunities for you to go play high school, college and professional football on scholarship and then, and then make even more money in the NFL than you would soccer – it would. It's a long time coming for that to, to be the case, but it would, it, it would take a very long. It time. would have an impact on the overall talent of football. I think that's something that's hurt, like baseball. Mm-hmm. Like I think, I think the fact that 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 baseball has become a sport that you see more kids not playing as they're younger. Mm-hmm. Like you're seeing more and more of professional baseball is uh, Latin players, right? Because more and more American players are playing basketball, 
football, uh, soccer, lacrosse. It's just they're just more baseball has become so much more expensive to play now because it's all travel. It's not it's travel, it's not but it, you, little you league. Have, right. You, you don't not. have kids that play outside as much. I mean, yeah. you go back and, and and like watch players, whether it was the Negro Leagues, whether it was Major League Baseball, like the stories were all the same. They were poor, middle class, out in the middle of nowhere, from the city, whatever. But you, I mean, you didn't need a, you could get a stick and a little ball, yep. and you're playing baseball. You didn't need a, I need my Easton, I need, you know, my glove. No. Well, what you catch the ball with? My hands. Right. Right. Kids don't really do that as much anymore. You don't see that. It's not America's pastime like that anymore. What's a much cheaper sport to play now? Basketball. Basketball. Soccer. Yeah. Right. I mean, we're supposed all you need is a ball and a field. That's I'm talking about just playing. Oh, in the just playing. Gotcha. Because well, that's the other thing. Kids don't play in the neighborhood anymore. Right. I get that's that. Not even, that's not even a thing. I get anymore. that. But that's the whole point. So kids sure. who play sports are playing organized sports, which is right. expensive. Right. Exactly. And so um, that's kind of why you're seeing. But but in in that's well, kids don't play sports like that anymore in our country. Fair. That's enough. not true in other countries. That's fair. Which is why soccer is a bigger sport. I mean, football is right. not a sport you can just go play as much you know, I mean we did as kids but like now it's like you need helmets and jerseys and cleats sure. and all this other kind of stuff so I think that has become something that it's just more expensive for kids to play it well, and the other and thing it, too is yeah you're looking at, at birth rates are plummeting in our country too in the last 10 15 20 years especially recently I and mean, they've really started to plummet and when there's f- lower birth rates you're gonna have fewer kids that also pollutes or dilutes excuse me dilutes not pollutes dilutes the talent pool for sports that factors into it well. So then if another sport starts taking more of those kids, then of course you're going to start to see those type of things impact. It's like population shifts for where you recruit, you know, those things are all part of it, Vince. So it, sure. it's an interesting, fascinating conversation. It is. But it, I, it's going to be a long time before you start seeing long. any noticeable, if it ever happens. Right. Very bef- long. Right. I, and then it's, look, I'm, I'm right in the midst of the soccer thing. Right. And, you know, recruiting and all of that fun stuff. The path for a football player is very clear, mm-hmm. you know, uh, from a recruiting standpoint, from a professional standpoint, from a college standpoint. It's very clear. You, you right. play high school ball, you get recruited, you go play college ball, you go play in the pros. It is so much more of a winding road for soccer. And until they kind of figure this out and make it more of an obvious path, it's just not it, it's never going to take hold in the United States the way uh, the way football has or basketball yeah. has for that matter. It just it just won't like youth soccer will still always be a thing. But once yeah. you get to the high school level and once you get beyond that, because there's MDA, there's 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 so many different things that you can do from a soccer standpoint. There's no straight line to the pros. Yeah, it's it's a wig leg. Is, is it go to college? Well, there just aren't really scholarships this? available. Like, that, there's that, too. You know what I mean? There's not full scholarships from my knowledge, right? Not um, really. And sometimes the best soccer isn't even played at the Division One level. It's played at the NAIA level because that's where more of the foreign players are playing. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, is, I didn't know which that. Which is a very interesting – which I'm learning. You know what I All mean? Right. Like, So uh, it, it's going to take a long time for this question to to take hold. Having said that, I would, I would absolutely have my – if I had kids – they would absolutely play soccer younger. I think it's much better for physical development. It's um, 
Now, I, I would prefer to be in a league where, you know, you, you limit the heading. You know what I mean? Because, like, that, that, and that's they do known to, now. right? They don't head uh, until, that's like, good. they're 13. That that was not the case when I was a kid. <laughs> oh, so not at it, all. It's good to know It's that actually that's a penalty when you head it okay. now if you're younger. Yeah. But, uh, you know, for me, Vince, it's one of those things where I think there's just a lot of good development that happens. I am uh, wholeheartedly what, – what is the scene from um, – uh, it's a Martin Lawrence thing. He says, I am uh, vehemently and belligerently against kids playing football at a young age. Yeah. Tackle football. I am so against it. Sure. Flag football, I'm cool with, but I'm very much against kids playing peewee football. Very much against it, and I know right. I'm probably in the minority there in this chat. But Seventh, I'm very grade, much against. I it. think it's a good place to start. So that's exactly, and exactly. that's where that's where my kids start. Exactly, like, you know what I mean. Same and now, here. same here. As a high school kid, he's a kicker, so that's obviously right. a thousand times different. Uh, but he played uh, he played defense on you know when he played. Right. In I've seen school. him play. Yeah, it's not bad. I saw the yeah. was a freshman or J, junior high uh, game, was, right? Uh, seventh, eighth grade, yeah, seventh, eighth grade, yeah, yeah. Yep. It's not bad. It's so, just so little. It's just so little. <laughs> I know, seriously. He's gotten bigger, though. Thank God. He's gotten taller. Yeah. He's gotten taller. He's uh, like, I don't know, 140 yeah. pounds now. <laughs> Vince, your kid is skinny. Yes, he he's is. getting taller, but he's skinny. He's just very um, skinny. But he's a tough kid. But yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, anyway. that's just my stance. But I, yep. I'm all, th- those are two things I'm, I'm a believer in. I'm a believer in, um, I'm a believer in, playing soccer as a kid, but also playing sports year round. So um, that's where, that's where I'm at. Yeah. I hear you. I I responded to that question. Uh, That's, that's what I'm a believer in Vince. Well, it's a fun one. It's a fun question because again, from my standpoint, we're keeping all the eggs in the basket right now because there are way more football opportunities out there than there are soccer opportunities. It feels like, you know what I mean? And so, we're going to ride the train until it bucks us as far as like getting scholarship money and all that fun stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and the, the 4.0 yeah. GPA doesn't hurt. So yeah, let's roll through some there. fun ones here, Vince. Yeah. Let's roll through right. some fun ones here. Domer Grizz. Let's go to Domer. We have about five or all six right. left and we're going to get out of here. Cause we've got a show coming up at five that Vince has to run <laughs> to. Cause he's going back right. to back today, baby. Happy Friday to the IBOGs. What up Domer Grizz? Question, when will James Franklin's terrible game day coaching skills be reflected in his recruiting? I hate losing good recruits to mid-tier Big Ten teams. Man, I thought it was going to happen after they went 11 and 11 in back-to-back years, and they still had two really good recruiting classes. So he's a great recruiter. That guy's a great recruiter, and he's got good good recruiting coaches. And Uh, if they have have a good year like everybody's projecting them to have, it's certainly not going to hurt the recruiting. I'm curious to see how USC and UCLA impact Penn State, if at all, from the Big Ten standpoint, yeah, yeah, just a couple more teams that have the talent to beat them, especially USC, because they just out talent people in the Big Ten, Vince, in a lot of instances. Sure, you know, and um, that's a really good question. I, I don't know that it will, to be honest with you, because we've seen them beat two pretty bad mediocre or two mediocre teams in a row, twenty 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 one, and they still recruited well. <laughs> I mean, crazy. I don't, I don't get it. I think their Crazy. 22 team, which came after the 21 season, where they were like what six and five, seven and six, or something like that, was like a top six or seven class. Yeah. So, yeah, it's that's interesting. Here's one. Archer, when watching two highly ranked teams play, would you rather see a nine to six slugfest like LSU versus Bama, or a 42 to 41 back and forth game like Georgia and Ohio State? I like good football. Like right, I like I like good physical. Well coached, well executed football. There can be nine to six slugfest that's good football. Mm-hmm. 
and there can be nine to six slugfests that make me want to just pull all my hair out. There are 42 to 41 games. Like the George Ohio State game was a phenomenal game. The Oklahoma Bo- uh, Boise State game back in the day, it was a really high score, high scoring game. Great game. And I've seen 42 to 41 games. I'm like, this is garbage because these teams can't play a lick of defense. Right. I don't enjoy that. <laughs> like, I don't think necessarily Ohio State scored. Ohio State didn't score 41 points on Georgia because Georgia doesn't play good defense. They just played great offense that game. They just had a great game plan. Marvin Harrison was going off before he got injured. C.J. Stroud played the best game of his career. It just was a great game. Yeah. The Michigan 51-45 game, that was sloppy as heck, man. I didn't – I mean, I enjoyed it aesthetically, but it was like not a great football game. You had pick sixes and turnovers and fumbles right. and poor tackling and bad run fits and turning guys loose. And it was just – that game had more scoring, was not as enjoyable of a football game for me as George-Ohio State because that was just two great teams going at it right. to me. Duking it like, out. I've seen games where, man, this it was a low-scoring game. And, and, uh, you know, but like that nine to six Alabama LSU game, that was a boring game. I was just, that was bad. That was bad offense mm-hmm. more than it was great defense. But I've seen other games where it's, man, it's a lower scoring. Like, I'll give you one the Notre Dame Stanford game from 2012. It's a 20 to 13 game in overtime, right? But it was a great game because it was hitting and pads popping sure. and good scheme and guys making plays. And this is a great game. Tyler Eifert making that phenomenal one-on-one catch. Just great football. But it was it was a low-scoring game. There's other 20 to 13 games you're like, this is a miserable game to watch. This <laughs> is just terrible. Right. So, Archer, to answer your question, I like good football. Means mm-hmm. well-coached, well-executed, guys making plays. I like good football. And that's what I hated about the Big 12 for all those years. All those high-scoring games, that wasn't good football for me. That was really good offense and crap defense. Right. That's not entertaining for me to be honest with you. Uh, just like nine to six with two teams that just suck on offense isn't very entertaining for me. But if it's nine to six, because, man, those defenses are just, man, did you see that overload blitz scheme they just, I mean, that was a great call, great execution. You know, what a great play by that corner to break up that pass. That ball should have been caught. That's great football, even though it's a 13 to 10 game. And that's kind of where I'm at, Vince. What are, what's your, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, the, keep it short and sweet. I'll say I like scoring. So, I, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't mind a defensive struggle. I really don't if it's really good defense being played. But I, if I have to choose, I'm going to choose points. I want to see some points on the board. But, I, again, I agree with you. I don't want to just see, you know, guys scoring because it's just – Long coverages, guy catches right. the ball, someone with 15 just yards of like, them. Yeah, yeah, just like a, 11 stiffs out there that aren't playing any defense. Like, yeah. That's not fun to but watch. But if you have a 50 yard touchdown because of what Miles Boykin did against LSU, where he mosses a guy, then breaks right. a tackle, makes exactly. a guy miss, you're like, what a phenomenal play. Or it's a great scheme. Oh my gosh, did you see right. how? Yeah. Just out, yeah. yes, being smarter than the other team, not just playing a bad team. If I had to choose between a great low scoring game and a great higher scoring game i'd rather take the great higher scoring game yes 42 41 might be a little too much for me maybe like 35 (laughs) 31 you know but sure yeah all right here here we go uh real quick on this one uh uh, from backup when a committed player goes on a mormon mission does the team get their scholarship back they don't get it back they never technically it never technically counts because he'll be it doesn't count the next one it doesn't count until he enrolls right Right. It, it won't count till he enrolls so that's that's an easy one all right, last couple, last three here. Here's one. 
Do you guys see Miami or Florida State joining the Big Ten or the SEC? Some speculation if they leave the ACC that Miami joins the Big Ten. I just don't see it. Well, the Big Ten would make a lot more sense for Miami. And it would make because they're an academic school and the Mm -hmm. SEC is not that. Miami as an institution fits a whole lot more with the Big Ten than it does the SEC. And and that's why it's a good ACC school because it fits academically with a lot of the ACC schools. And of course, the Big Ten would love to get down to Miami, the Miami market. So I could see those; those would be where they'd go. I think the Miami would go to the Big Ten, and I think that Florida State would go to the SEC. I don't see it happening though, because I, I just don't think it's going to be possible for them to get out of those, those get out of those grant 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 of rights deals. So yeah, I just the don't ACC see that happening. So hard to get out of. Yeah. Yeah. From '88 until now, you are running a goal line wishbone offense. Who's your quarterback, fullback, and two running backs? From 80 until now, I mean, the quarterback is easy. That's Tony Rice. I mean, Correct. that's a no-brainer. That was yeah. uh, My fullback is easy, too. That's Jerome Bettis. My other two running backs from 88 until now in that type of offense. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Well, by the end of this year, I think it might be Audric and Jerome Bettis is kind of side-by-side because I would love to see them, you know, those two guy guys. And then Reggie Brooks would be my other. Just be, but Aldrich's got to show him he's gonna hang on to football a little bit better this year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Fair. But in those situations, man, in that full house backfield, Tony Rice at full at quarterback, Jerome, Jerome. You know what? I might even put Mark Edwards. At ah, that's what I was gonna say. And then yeah, put Jerome as one of the yes. off. And Jerome and Reggie's one of the off backs. Yeah, that's, that's not a bad idea. Then you got two yeah. different kinds of backs back there where you can yeah. kind of do some fun things with. Yeah, and then you've got a true fullback in Mark Edwards. Yeah, yeah that's I what think, I was gonna. Yeah. yeah, I think that's where I would go. That's a good yeah. one. That's a good one. All right. Uh, let me see if there's any others. We've got one more that I'm going to get to here real quick. I'll see if there's any others that I could get to. Yeah, I think we're going to – let's just end up with this one because this is an interesting one. Brandon K. if money were no object, what is the dream improvement to Irish breakdown? Ooh. Well, there's a couple. Number one is if if money was no object, and meaning money was no object, meaning I didn't have to get into a loan – of yeah. someone where I had to pay back and, you know, or, or that they were going to buy in and take a percentage of, you know, if, if I just won the lottery and money was no object, I won $200 million. I would obviously hire a bit more of a staff. I would get a, a, a full-time beat writer. I'd hire another recruiting person. I'd hire someone uh, on the back end to do all the producing and editing of yeah. our shows, which would take a huge amount of burden off my shoulders. I'd have someone who edits all of our writing stuff. And then I would do more from a production standpoint with our with our shows. Yes. I'd probably create a studio. There it is. Well, first of all, Vince would no longer be a teacher or a dean <laughs> because if money was no object, then I would I would be able to hire him away from uh, from teaching. I would probably do something where we have more of like an in studio type mm-hmm. of daily show. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. where we would still li- stream it live, and right. but you know it'd be more be more produced we'd have like video we'd pay be able to pay for like video highlights and and right. somebody have do the graphics cameras and, and like yeah like, like why don't we do graphics because i'd have to do all of that and i don't right. have the time to do all of that you know what i mean like there's a lot of things i'd love to do to create a more aesthetically pleasing production with graphics but when other shows do that it, it's like that guy's not doing that like he, he's got a production team doing that when you see stuff like that at Irish breakdown and it was doing that i am and I just don't have the time to do all that stuff. So those are things that I would absolutely, and I would love to get there. You talk about like dream improvement. Like that's the ultimate dream is to have all of those things. It's just, I'm not going to take loans out to do it. 
especially with the way the, the economy is right now and inflation and all that. And then what interest rates and all that kind of stuff. I'm, I definitely wouldn't do it now, but I'm, I'm just not a believer in Vince, you know, my stance on this and life and in, in business, if you don't have the money to pay for something, you shouldn't pay for it. Exactly. And so that's why I've never taken out any loans. When, when we've hired people, it's because our business has grown to the point where I can now afford to go hire someone. And so, um, so if I had the money to do that, those are absolutely things that I would do. So, I mean, and I think that would be a lot of fun. I know Vince yes. would, would probably love that. Yeah. So I would love to do a studio show. That would be a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. It'd be a ton of fun. And, you know, we'd still be able to do our, turn it into our podcast and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, if money was no object, that's absolutely what I would do. Those mm-hmm. are absolutely the, 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 all the different things that I would do. And just so you know, Brandon, I mean, those are things that I ultimately I hope we get to. It's probably going to sure. be 10, 15 years down the road. Uh, Tommy Gunn says, Brian, when I hit the lottery, I'll make a gift to IB. I appreciate you, buddy. We'll take it. Because that that's the only kind of money that I'll take is people who are paying for our product or people that want to do gifts. You know, I, I've had some people approach about, you know, buying in, giving loans, things like that. And it's appreciated. But, um, you know, and people say, hey, you know, you'll have all control. Look, you no, like I'm not, I wasn't born yesterday. You may say that now, but when your money's on the line, you're going to want to have a say in things. And mm-hmm. that's also something else is I'm just, I'm not willing to give up that control. As long as I'm doing it, I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. And it's either going to work or, or fail that way. Now I take yep. advice. Vince gives me advice. Mm-hmm. I want to hear from other people, but at the end of the day, it's going to be within what I believe this thing to all be, all be about. So that's the answer to my question. I don't know, uh, Vince, if there's anything like money was an, an issue. What, what are some other things you think would be, be good for IB? Oh, you know, company car, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> that'd be great, Vince. Because you know what's funny? If we had a company car with like a big IB on it, Vince would drive it everywhere. Oh, my gosh, yes. 100%. <laughs> I would be that guy in a heartbeat. Absolutely. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd walk out strutting all IB stuff uh, with the car. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, no, I, 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 <laughs> no, he, we're not joking. No, Vince would literally drive the IB decorated car Just around plastered everywhere. with IB stuff all over the windows and the, the doors. <laughs> and we yes. get like a horn that has, you know, like our, <laughs> it's the intro music. Yeah, absolutely. hundred <laughs> percent. I would drive that in a heartbeat. I would never drive that thing anywhere ever. Oh, I would. I would drive it everywhere. I would drive it out of town. I would drive it everywhere. It'd be oh, great. oh, something else I would do is I would love to do on location pregame shows. Absolutely. If we had the money to to buy all the stuff, you would need to actually do that. Yes, effectively. Right. And that's probably closer to down, like closer to reality than some of the other stuff. Mm-hmm. I think. Uh, but like doing it from a bar, to, you know, or whatever, you know, like of a restaurant or. Something but you really need lines. really good yeah. equipment to make oh, that sound good. There's so many things that you would have to do, and I I know what they are, but it's really expensive because yeah. we don't have any of it. So yeah, it'd be difficult. Yeah, so, yeah. So yeah, that's it. That's a that's a good question. But those would be fun things to 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 do. Yeah, those yep. are those are fun things to do. So yeah, I mean, and again, a lot of that stuff we'd love to do someday. Absolutely. But yeah, I just would love to see. If somebody just said IB NASCAR, oh. an IB NASCAR car. Nice. And I was like, Vince would said Vince would love that. Yeah, he probably absolutely would. He'd would. probably want to drive it. Like, can I all the time? Like, yeah, dude, I'll just drive a Prius with all the IB <laughs> stuff around it. I don't care. Like, just let's <laughs> let's do this. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be a lot of fun. It would. All right, all right. So, oh, everyone. last one. I would do tailgates every game Ooh, if nice. money wasn't an issue, because then I could pay someone to do everything. 
Yeah. Right. That would Absolutely. that would be another thing. I would absolutely right. love to do IB tailgates if so I didn't like have to cater do all the dang work. And you wouldn't have yeah. to do like yeah, absolutely. Yep. 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 yep, yep. Last thing, right. another. Oh, nice. thank you for the super chat, Anthony Solomon. Another show with the OG. Love it. Me too. Nice. Me too. Thanks, Anthony. So, so you, that's going to do it. Out of here, Vince. Yeah, that's going to do it for today's uh, Irish breakdown podcast. I'm going to head over to Ivy Nation Sports Talk. Uh, this is where all of you should be going. That's where all of you need to go. Just hop on over in, in the YouTube channel. Hop on over. That's where I'm going to go. Uh, but before you do, hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. All that fun stuff. Share with your family and friends. We're going to come right back at you because we got a special show tomorrow, Brian, at 1 o'clock. So make sure you That's guys right. tune in. And again, hit that notification bell so that you know when a show is coming. But I'm telling you now. Tomorrow at one o'clock, be here or be the OGs will be back. Absolutely. All right. So for Brian, I'm Vince. We'll see you next time on the Irish Breakdown Podcast. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.